Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Hailing Frequencies Open. My name is David and I am joined by Carrie and Mel. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. This week we are talking about the amazing episode that is The Lonely Among Us. Amazing. Listen, I I am leading this this shit show. I can describe it however I like. <laughs> we open Bring on the shit show. We open with Tasha, Riker, and Picard in what passes as dress uniforms at this time. Dress being the most important word. Which means they're wearing pants with long tunics. Yes. Which was actually a thing in the early 2000s. For sure. Oh my god, yeah it was. I had a couple of those tunics. So they are welcoming representatives of Antica and Saleh. The Anticans and Saleh have both achieved space flight. They've applied to be members of the United Federation of Planets, and they fucking hate each other. And they are brilliant. However, they're there to greet the Saleh delegates who are beamed on board. Picard says, go for it. They get beamed on board. We are then introduced to five sentient walking cobras. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They snake people. Now, you may think that I'm making this up. I am not. It is he five is sentient walking cobras. They are talking. Well, they're hiss talking. That's, listen, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so if you weren't clear about the snake part, you are now. And yeah, because all of their voices sound like this all the it's time. Like, think of Eartha Kit, but at, instead of being Catwoman, uh snake yeah. uh, snake or harry sure. potter trying to speak uh parcel, parcel tongue. tongue yes for sure so they are their voices are heavily modulated uh picard introduced them they already are complaining because they can smell the antikins picard said the only reason they brought them on board first is because their homeworld was first on their way to a, a planet called parliament how quaint where they are going to go to um, peace talks. Great. He leaves Riker to attend to them. The the delegates slither out of the room, for lack of a better term. They walk. They walk. They actually walk. They do walk. But they got legs. Your your little your five little cobras go down the hall. Um, <laughs> they then leave Parliament for Parliament. Lieutenant Data noted that the sensors are picking up an energy cloud, which they can already see. It's you know. It's a cloud. Space clouds. It's a space cloud. <laughs> uh, we then cut to Jordy and Worf in a room we never see again called censored. It's like censored diagnostic or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something crazy. LaForge is curious why Worf wanted to do it. And he just says, because Picard wants his junior officers to learn, learn, learn. He's not wrong here. Like there's nothing... Oh, sensor maintenance. That's what it's called. It's the sensor maintenance room that we never see again. We never see any any maintenance. On any ship or space station or anything. Uh, No. Yeah, I think you're right. Yar says they're going to make a close sensor pass. She doesn't say what of. She just says they're gonna. If I'm LaForge and Worf, I knew we were heading for Parliament. So I would ask a follow-up question, like, of what? (laughs) But no one does. So they go to pass the space cloud, 
They start scanning it. Data remarks that the cloud is now going wider. So that, and this is one of those shots that doesn't actually work because when you can see the ship, it is obviously not flying directly into the cloud. The next shot you see, it is enveloped in the cloud. <laughs> the cloud moves fast. Cloud moves fast, and they're idiots because they let well, it. Well, listen. <laughs> listen. Be we curious. know they're idiots because they season, do idiotic stuff all season the time. One, season one. This is the smartest group of dumb people <laughs> to ever be on TV. <laughs> The first season's rough, y'all. It, they do some stupid shit. Uh, yeah. Worf and Jordy are in the sensor room, minding their own business. Worf hears an electric sound, turns around. Nothing's happening, but he starts pressing buttons. He then gets electrocuted. Poor Worf. Ford runs over and calls for a medical emergency immediately. The Ford so far is the smartest person in this episode. Because he didn't wait. He called for the doctor immediately. <laughs> War, okay. I give it up to Michael Dorn. I don't know if he had any type of um, dance training in his life. But I'll tell you what. He did the most beautiful pirouette fall down thing I've ever seen. For sure. It was, it was brilliant. And he should get awards for it. So next thing we see, Crusher comes running in with a random medic. I would tell oh, you that medic, poor medic. I would tell you the medic's name, but he's not important enough to get one because they never call him anything, nope. nor does he ever speak. No. She is about to examine Worf, but he wakes up and beats the shit out of the medic. The <laughs> forge then tries the really then does. tries to hold him down by no. like body pressing him. Yeah, no. LaForge, he's just like, like I'll just lay across you. He this throws is himself over this over is Warby. extra like, funny oh, i got it michael torn is quite tall and very muscular man yes he is lavar burton is not while he's a very well in shape man he is not tall Mm-mm. and he's just not that big and i'm just like yeah there's just no way he's going to keep him on the floor i feel like the director or whoever said to LeVar, hey, LeVar, have you ever seen WWF? And LeVar probably (laughs) said, yeah. And he said, that is what we want to do to Michael. That's how how you're going to keep him down. And and LeVar said, "Um, I don't think that's going to work, but okay. And he did it. More power to him. Listen, he does what he can. He tried. He then meets Picard in his ready room. He says that he saw a glow in Saint-Sir maintenance. Worf jerked as though something had hit him. Picard asks LaForge if the visor malfunctioned, and LaForge says, I don't think so. We then cut to the more interesting story in this episode. Uh, Yar and Riker are talking to the Antikins about their dietary requirements. This shit was fucking funny. Yar misunderstood that the Antikins prefer their food live, not dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Rugger just says, you know, humans no longer enslave animals for food. The Antikins go, but we've seen you eat meat. And Riker explains how <laughs> how the um, how the replicator works. Replicators really. work. 
and the and the kids wander off, and they're like, they're sick and barbaric. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I just love the idea of just <laughs> this group of people just being like, you don't even eat real animals. What's wrong with you? We're basically vegans, <laughs> right? I- I would like to point out, uh, my mother referred to the Antikins as uh, Rafiki. I can well, see that. <laughs> there is a resemblance. Thought. They're not really, and they're not monkeys or baboons. They're not monkeys. No. They're like dog things. Yeah. Like dog like, things. And like then a... When he walked away from Riker and Yar, she said, is he going to get his staff? Because Rafiki has a staff. Well, for sure. Oh, yeah. And they have like staffs that are like, um, ele- electric uh killing staffs for their yeah they reminded me of like the killing sticks oh like the klingon pain sticks yes yes they probably reused those for that prop later so sickbay crusher is examining Worf, and she's using a medical tool uh she is then attacked by the lightning fingers okay leap up her arms (laughs) no first off she's wearing this dopey looking head thing with the I didn't eye want to piece. talk about that because I didn't understand what it was and we never see it again. I didn't understand what it was either because there's like no purpose for this thing. All you need is your damn tricorder. I Listen, <laughs> don't worry. Doc will wave a light over it. It'll be fine. It'll be uh, fine. <laughs> I would like to say something. I would like yeah. to say something that's gonna if, if you're listening to this podcast I'm going to assume that you are a fan of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And if you're anything like me, I'm going to also assume that you are a fan of Star Wars. That being said, I'm going to do something that you're supposed to do in these fandoms is I'm going to cross the streams. Because let's be honest, the lightning is General Palpatine's lightning. It is. That's why I called it lightning. the lightning fingers attacker. Because <laughs> yeah. they it's just General leap Palpatine. up her arms. Mm-hmm. General Palpatine was in the space cloud. Apparently. That's where he went after Vader threw him out of the window and killed him. He went into the space cloud. But his essence, the lightning what? fingers, yes. stayed. The, the lightning fingers stayed because they're the power. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Troy then appears, asks Crusher if she's okay. Crusher responds, yes, perfectly. Both of us quite normal now. No one says shit. Uh-uh. Worf wakes up and is very confused about why he's in medical. He only remembers things before the accident. Troy goes, oh, well, Crusher will tell you all about it. She turns around and leaves. It's like, I have to go. So, well, I don't want to do this anymore. She didn't even say that. She's just like, all right, bye. Yeah. So like, Picard hmm, and Data all? are trying to examine the clouds some more. <laughs> Since there are many unexplained mysteries surrounding it, like they've never heard of space clouds before. That seems to be the only mystery. Surely they've seen space clouds before. Nope. Data quite clearly says, I have no record of this phenomenon. Well, yeah, not that particular phenomenon. Picard tells Data they have to wait until the delegates are given to Parliament. Tells them before to take the ship to warp eight. Crusher goes in, sees Wesley working at a desktop, uh, he's working on a project for physical science class, and he's studying Dr. Channing's theory and delivering crystals. Crusher asks Wesley to tell her about it. 
which Wesley, to his credit, thinks is weird because his mother isn't interested in this sort of stuff. And frankly, neither are the rest of us. Nope. <laughs> uh, this conversation lasts a while. Um, Crusher then asked if it would affect navigation. He said it would affect, it, it's a theory in engineering, not helm control. Crusher then says, oh, that's right. Helm is on the bridge. Uh, Wesley, because he's not the smartest, is now noticing that his mother's because acting even weirder. Also, remember, this is the smartest group of stupid people ever. Wesley is not immune to this. Mm, he is not. So uh, she just leaves. Uh, Crusher arrives on the bridge, walks over to the hill, manned by the forge. While Relief Operating Officer Bennett eyes her strangely. I'm not sure why Relief Operating Officer Bennett gets a name, because he doesn't really do anything. Unless you start saying anything, you don't get a name. Uh, LaForge tells her this is indeed the helm, unless something happened he wasn't aware of. Picard asks Crusher how Worf is. She doesn't really answer him, uh, which is weird. Crusher replies that she'll have to run a medical cross-check in the ship's computer. She uses Science Station 2. Data's confused why she's looking at Helm Control to do medical references. However, Crusher remains silent. This is weird because Data never tells anyone else. Never. <laughs> he never, he, he's, this is one of the times when Data's doing weird stuff. And at no point does he bring up Crusher's looking at some weird shit. Why is Crusher looking at... We then see the blue li- the blue lightning fingers go into the ship's computer. Crusher doesn't know why she's there and leaves. Again, no one does anything. Now, none of the science stations work and Data's confused. Then we, uh, we hear all are data. from Assistant are. Chief Engineer, Lieutenant Singh. There's a failure in the warp drive circuits. Various other stations in the ship report failures as well. Uh, Picard is, says it's weird because they're not even a year out of space stock. He asked Data what the chances of the ship having all these failures are, and Data quite accurately says, uh, basically impossible. In the conference room, Picard, Riker, Data, Singh, and 900 other people, because everyone is in the room, apparently. Um, They're trying to figure out all the problems. Singh believes that an electronic short is to blame, but he concedes that it should not be possible to affect all the systems. Singh replies that Chief Engineer Argyle and all engineering staff are just as puzzled as they are. Why is Singh in this meeting and not Engineer Argyle? Okay. Yeah. This is my problem that I in the previous review when I was talking about Argyle not showing up when he needs to show up. Argyle, we have already established that it's in this season there are several chief engineers. Singh is not one of them. So you mean these department heads of all the other departments on the ship showed up to this meeting 
but one of the several chief engineers could not. <laughs> Especially the one that they name checked that we actually saw the previous episode. And then I figured out why Argyle is the one. I'm sorry, not Argyle, Mr. Singh is the one. Because what happens later in the episode with Mr. Singh? They couldn't just have a random red shirt or in this case, yellow shirt, have that happen to you. It had to be somebody that seemingly has been established and we would care about. Well, we don't. Well, we don't. But I will give Mr. Singh this. He tells Wesley to take his ass to school because it's study time. Even when Wesley's like, but I learn more here. He was like, I know, but the captain said, you need to take your ass to school. So you go to school. He's the only one. So again, we cut to the more interesting story in the immediately after this. They were in the Antikin's quarters, Riker and Yar. Uh, they found some weapons of the Antikin's and the Antikin's have been seen in the Sele delegation. Riker tells them that all weapons, no matter what their basic function, will be taken away and that violence will not be tolerated. The Antigans say, oh, well, well, we won't start it, but we will finish it. On the bridge, Worf, who is the con officer, announces that warp drive is failing yet again and the Enterprise drops out of warp. Picard asks Data to send a message to Parliament informing them they will be delayed. However, Data cannot send a message as communication systems don't work. In the ready room, Data replies that if the Enterprise had all these failures, the ship would have never left space dock. Therefore, he and Data jump, Riker and Data jump straight to, there's a saboteur on board. Riker then also jumps to, the Frangi may have bribed the alien delegations to sabotage the Enterprise. If the Frangi have had contact with both the Sally and Antikins. That's quite the jump, I'm just going to say. I'd have uh, to agree. I'd be like, what makes you go there, Riker? Racism. <laughs> well played. I mean, yeah. I'm saying it because <laughs> if you pay attention to how they talk about Ferengis in this first season. Oh, yeah. they can't totally really be racist. described any other way. Yeah, they're like. Nah, they they shady. They're no good. I mean, really, but, just because they're Ferengi. But in the end, they do turn out to be shady. <laughs> yeah, but they're not. Which is also a racist. But they're yeah. not without. There's not. They're they're not without their own set rules and laws. That's yeah, the but... difference. This this first season when you, they talked about them, it's more just like, oh, they just. Bad. they're just Very bad. terrible people and they do tort you know once we actually they developed them out ds9 you find yeah. out no there's actually culture here there's actually stuff here there's more you know i'm yeah, just talking about what's more... what's happening how it's being written here racism mm-hmm. maybe is too strong a word so i sorry about that prejudice that back. prejudice is probably better. No, racism is fine i was just <laughs> laughing because i'm usually the one who says that something's racist <laughs> 
I'm just I'm just calling oh, we'll it call I'm just it calling out. a spade a spade, which is yeah. this is this is how they're talking about them. Especially yeah. in this first season, they talk about them because they don't know anything about them no. first off. So they're just going off rumors and conjecture. And they're like, oh, we have this vision in our head of the Ferengis and these awful monsters of a race. And they'll kill you and eat your liver or something if you look at them wrong. So now we have to be all judgy about someone we've never actually met. <laughs> right. Right. We get to sing in engineering. He's working on the console. He touches a button and the lightning fingers envelop him, but much more violently this time. Singh goes flying backwards unconscious, probably dead. Bye-bye, uh, Singh. He almost falls into the base of the warp core. Oh, he would have been, like, obliterated. Sure would have. Uh, Worf comes down the lift, sees Singh. He rushes over, checks his pulse, and immediately informs Picard that Singh has died. Who's next in line? Well, After Argo's Singh. still in charge, so... <laughs> wherever he is so Picard has ordered an investigation into the deaths of Singh uh in engineering LaForge Wesley and Worf that the warp drive is miraculously restored and the Enterprise can jump back to warp at any time mm-hmm. Wesley is curious why they could have repaired the computer before he was killed as the problem they found was inside the warp engine the Enterprise goes to warp six on its way to Parliament. Yar, again, we cut to, she's talking to the Anakin delegates and where they were during the time when Singh was killed. Uh, the head of the Anakin's replies that they were eating for five hours. <laughs> she goes, what? And he goes, because the animal they're eating was really large. Oh, Listen. no. Okay. Listen. There are places in the world where you pay thousands of dollars to have a five-hour meal. <laughs> no. It's true. So that didn't really surprise me. It just... Every... I don't care about the A story in this episode. Everything is about the B story. And everything that Tasha says in this storyline is a setup for the Antican to say something crazy, but smooth at the same time. Right. Because he's not like yelling. He's no. just like, it was a really <laughs> good meal. Like it was a really big meal. It was a really interesting animal. <laughs> like just matter of fact, but like smooth. <laughs> so we then cut to data saying that the Anticans and the Sally couldn't have killed Singh because they are too busy trying to kill each other, essentially. Troy has Crusher and Worf with her, and she is going to hypnotize them to find out about their memory loss. She hypnotizes Crusher, uh, but then she mentions that there was another presence in her body. Troy snaps Crusher out of the hypnotist and replies that her responses were identical to Worf's. She immediately tells Picard that someone invaded their bodies as it is the only reasonable conclusion. Sure. Data says that it's improbable, but it could happen. You like a good body invasion. Uh, on the bridge, suddenly the warp engines are failing again, drops to impulse. Picard walks out of the ready room, where he monitors the situation from Helm console. He then is attacked by the lightning fingers. 
uh, enters Picard's body where he's now begins to act strangely. He restores warp power, orders the forge to double back on their course and head back to the space cloud. Everyone is like, what? <laughs> you heard me. Go back to the space cloud. Yep. You then cut to Miles O'Brien. There's Miles. The Atticans, who are demanding to see Picard because the ship is turned around. O'Brien orders him to return to quarters. But they're not going to. A Sully delegate comes out of his room, and they both face off like two people who don't really want to fight each other, but totally want to fight each other. There's a lot of like hands up, like they're going to slap fight. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> this reminds me of uh, the original this, series where they would slap fight each other. Right. Uh, the senior officers are. Talking about Picard's strange orders, Troy senses that Picard is concealing stuff from her um, and that he has become dangerous. He should be relieved of command, which All Dr. True. Crusher can do. That's true. Crusher and Riker arrive in Picard's ready room to order a medical scan. He says, no, they are hallucinating and working too much. He then instead orders all of the senior staff to be examined. Instead of following through... <laughs> On relieving him, Crusher leaves and does exams on all of the senior staff. What the fuck is happening? Dumbest, He's smartest, just... dumbest smart people in the universe. Picard exactly. doesn't even look at the test results. Um, she asks if she's talking to the real Picard. The life form within him is like, well, he's here. You know, you know all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> The Enterprise here, arrives. So the Enterprise comes, is back at the cloud. Um, Picard walks out of his ready room and says, you know, it accidentally took one of the life forms with it. Uh, the life form within Picard talks about the horror of being taken from the cloud, accidentally causing the death of Singh. This whole sequence lasts a really long time, and I'm not going to lie, it's actually kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Because they did a very poor job of making you care about this part of the story. Um, At this point in this episode, I don't care about anything but the guests who are trying to kill and eat each other. <laughs> I don't oh. care about the space cloud. I don't care about about the emperor's finger lightning. I don't care. Give me more of the aliens trying to chasing each other through the Enterprise, trying to capture and eat each other with O'Brien chasing them. So the long and the short of it is that Picard and this alien have decided that they are going to beam themselves back into the cloud. This is, again, a weird decision by Picard. I have questions about this. Because um, this is just not possible in my head of how this happens, of how this goes down. Riker yells for security to restrain the captain, but the entity is too powerful and lightning fingers the entire room. <laughs> okay, that just sounded bad. Right. <laughs> it's hey, baby. He fingers you the like whole it when room. when I lightning finger you? Oh, <laughs> oh my God too much right too much 
so they so he activates the transporter beams away. So they search for a while. They can't find his energy pattern. Uh, he orders LaForge to set course for Parliament. However, Troy senses him. He needs help because he couldn't integrate with the cloud. Yeah. Riker um, tells LaForge to move Enterprise into the cloud, which is where the problem started in the first place. <laughs> I know. And then... Because oh, it gets weird at here. Yep. There's no sign of him. But then all it of a sudden, weird. it the gets weird. It gets weird here. And then There's all of a no sudden, physical the sign of his body. Console, the, the circuits all rearrange and form the letter P. Data's like, oh, look, Picard made it onto the ship. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> what? What part of him? Like, it's. At this point, I'm just like, wait, okay, it's just his consciousness. Where's his physical body? I know. Data that it's has gone. Troy and Riker go to the transporter room. Picard's physical pattern is stored in the transporter system. He attempts to recombine his energy pattern and hopes that Picard works his way to the transporter. This I is call weird. bullshit. <laughs> Data energizes and Picard materializes. He has vague memories. Uh, Riker tells him he should go down to sick bay as Crusher believes Picard is very tired. Uh, Yar uh, comes running in and says that they found pools of blood by this LA delegation and one of them is missing and the Antikins have asked one of the chefs on board to broil reptile that okay. looks just like the Sally Delicate. Riker, Picard tells Riker. That would have been funnier. That sequence of events would have been funnier to watch and more entertaining to watch than whatever the hell just happened in the show. Picard then exactly. tells Riker, he goes, you're good. He goes, I need to take a nap. He just fucks off. Just walks off, which is like the best part of the episode. He's just like, I'm gonna go take a nap and walks off and Riker's like, Did he just He's... do I gotta investigate a lizard murder? <laughs> a cobra, a snake murder? What is happening? All right, which Somebody's one of you killed the, the bipedal cobra man? <laughs> <laughs> okay. As you may have noticed. This episode is fucking bonkers. <laughs> the A story is stupid. It's okay. stupid. Like, there's nothing, unlike, you know, where no one has gone before and some other episodes, there's no nothing to grab hold of here. They really should have leaned into the comedy more because yeah. the failure of this episode, more than anything else, is that the B story's comedy and lightheartedness ruins the A story. Yeah. Because you don't care about the A story. You only care about what's happening with the Anakins and the Sele. And because they're on so little, it's jarring the switch. Because you go to O'Brien negotiate like trying to keep the lizard or the Cobra men and this, you know, the wolf people from apart from each other, which is very funny to Picard wants to beam himself into and 
space cloud in space. I mean, it's not, it's a weird, like this episode just doesn't work. I give it a three. Because it just doesn't work. Carrie. Oh my, oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Where do I begin? Jesus. I would have loved for just the Cobra people and the dog people to that be the episode and just be a funny episode because that would have been great. I would have just loved to see O'Brien and Riker just chase them all around and just be like, stop trying to eat each other. We'll get to Parliament soon. But okay, I call bullshit on Picard beaming himself into a cloud of lightning fingers. Okay, he fully materializes in this cloud and he would die even if this entity thing is still in him and somehow capable of keeping his physical body alive. Bullshit. And Sure, there's trace amounts of everybody's pattern in the transporter, but not enough to rematerialize them after like hours have gone by. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> this episode, well, th- that part, the A plot of this episode never happened for me. Never. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, snake people, dog people, just basing my review on that. That's a five because that was funny. I enjoyed that. The other part, bullshit. (laughs) And I digress. But your did you give a I'm sorry, did I miss your rating? Oh, I'm just get I just give a rating of five just for oh, okay. the snake people and the right. dog people. That's it. So nothing else. If I was rating just on the B story, it would be an eight. Because the B story is X. But I'm not. Unfortunately, (laughs) I watched this episode earlier today and I don't remember anything story, which means I would have to give it a zero, the main story, because I don't understand how it made such little impact that I don't remember it. And zero times eight is zero. So I have to unfortunately give the episode a zero because that's how math works. <laughs> that's how math works. Science, math, they work. All right. All right. <laughs> well, everyone, as I said, this is a weird one, but we made it through it. Tune in next week when, <laughs> when we're going to talk about all of the horny white people who wear nothing <laughs> in justice. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, that Have is a great day. And remember to keep your hailing frequencies open. Bye. Good night. Bye.